Welcome to In Conversation, a series of captivating and insightful dialogues with leading writers, artists, and spiritual teachers. In Conversation is a production of Banyan Books and Sound. An oasis in Vancouver since 1970, Banyan is a gathering place of the world's wisdom and healing traditions. Come by for a visit or find us at banyan.com for live events, books, and more. This is Farnas Raleigh, and I'm honored to be here in conversation with Caroline Mace. She's the author of Anatomy of the Spirit, Sacred Contracts, Invisible Acts of Power, and Why People Don't Heal and How They Can. She's an internationally renowned speaker in the fields of human consciousness and mysticism, and she holds degrees in journalism, theology, intuition, and energy medicine. And we're here to talk about the power of words. So I thought I'd ask you right away, can you speak to us about what power words have? Oh, well, I consider words to be like the navigating tools of um, the human experience. I mean, consider what a word is. Consider how much power is in a word. Consider how the words that you choose either make or break the quality of, of a relationship. The qual- your power is contained. The quality of your life, everything is in the words that you choose and the tone in which you decide to use them. Mm-hmm. Can you give us some examples? Well, sure. Imagine how many times something happens to you. And if you choose the word, this is awful versus this is interesting or this is an opportunity or this is curious. Any one of those words, curious, awful, opportunity, interesting, anyone determines the next step of how you're going to see that situation. Mm-hmm. Any one of those four is like, a tr- is like the next door that you go through. If you tell yourself it's awful, then that is like the lens through which you will interpret every next thing that, in fact, you see. Every next thing you do in that particular situation. Because you've already chosen that one word through which to see it. If you say to yourself, well, this is curious. I didn't expect this. Then it becomes a surprise package. Just because it's unexpected doesn't mean it's awful. You decide, well, this is curious. How did this happen? Even if you said, well, how could it be curious when all my china just fell out of the cabinet and it's smashed all over? That is awful. No, it's not. It could be curious. It could be, well, that's an interesting thing. How did that happen? And it's just a choice of a different word. But it changes the whole context of the experience you're standing in. It changes the cause and effect. It changes your emotional response to it. It changes everything. It, it shifts how your emotions respond to it, therefore how your health responds to it. And that changes the mechanism of all the cause and effect dynamics that are going on in your energy field. Mm 
all because of one word you've decided to use. So how can we become more conscious of the words that we may not realize are tainting our perspective and contributing to a cause and effect relationship that isn't helping us? Well, first you have to become aware of the words that you use. Most people cycle the same words. They cycle the exact same words in their head. They have a handful of power words. They have a handful of words that disempower. They use the same words. And they don't realize that they, I mean, how often someone will say, this is just terrible. It's terrible. It's just terrible. And I mean, (laughs) the president of the United States has three words he says all the time. But I mean, most people have a very limited vocabulary and they don't realize it. And they tend to say the same thing to describe things. As, and in our workshop, I'm going to go through this, that you have power words and you have words you use when you're angry and you have words you use when you're happy and you've never, ever examined those. And what I've said to people so often is when you are in a situation and you need a new perspective, you need a new word. You need a word you've never used before. You need to go shopping for some new words because you don't have enough words in your vocabulary to give you a fresh perspective. You need words you've never used before. And you would be surprised what that does. You'd be surprised if someone introduced the word resilient and decided, I think I'm going to use that word for a while. I'm going to try resilient. What if I saw myself as resilient and began to think in terms of that word? You would be surprised what introducing different words into your vocabulary and then deciding I'm never going to use the word blame again. That word gets me in trouble. And I'm not going to use the word deserve. Why do I tell myself I deserve this? That is a, that is a dangerous word. What do you mean you deserve something? Where where, where are you getting that? Who told you you deserve anything? Whether you deserve dessert, if you want dessert, just eat it. But don't tell yourself you deserve it because you've had a bad day or a good day. Stop with that word. If you want a dessert, get one. So it could be a matter of if, for example, we would like to enjoy the flavor of dessert, we enjoy and, and take pleasure and delight in dessert. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't go through this runway to lift off that you either have to suffer in order to get something you enjoy. You have to be denied something and then have to compensate saying I deserve it because I've had a bad day because I've suffered. I should be rewarded with something good which is what deserve implies or on the opposite side of that, you see how oftentimes when people are reporting tragedies on TV, for example, this big terrible fire happens or this happens and they describe people as innocent saying they don't deserve to be in this fire. They didn't deserve to lose their homes in the tsunami or or whatever, as if to imply the only people who deserve to be in a tsunami are criminals. 
they deserve that, but not innocent people. Mm-hmm. You see, we have this unconscious thing in us that says we deserve to have things given to us if we've suffered. We deserve to indulge in things if we've had a bad day. That one word causes more suffering in people, more anger, more sense of unfairness than any other word in the English language. So you want to know the power of a word? Try that one out. So it seems that that really reveals so much about our our perspective of the world and unconscious linkages that we make. Are there other words that are powerful in that way in a in a positive way? Yes, but you you have to take you have to take my workshop to find that out. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. That's exactly why I'm doing this workshop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People don't realize how powerful every word they use is, which is why I'm doing this workshop. Mm-hmm. And that you can change your life by changing, by, by finally examining the words that you actually use and realizing this word gets me in trouble. And this, this word is not, is not helping me, but this word changes the quality of my life. Now, you mentioned earlier the impact of words on physical and emotional health. Can mm-hmm. you elaborate? Absolutely. On, can you give us some examples of how that works? Oh, sure. I mean, um, the way we frame um, how you interpret something. For example, here's a phrase. It must be me. It must be my fault. Fault is a word that gets people in trouble. It must be my fault. Why must it be your fault? Was it something I did? Just that, just that sentence. Just that sentence must be something I did. Was it something I did? When, when I, I've had times, I'm a very introspective person. I tend to like my own company, and I like when I'm writing something or I'm thinking about something, I don't want to be disturbed. I do not want to be disturbed. And I, I become very withdrawn because I'm thinking about something. And oftentimes people will come up and say, what's the matter? The problem, there's a word, problem. What's the problem? Do automatically assume that being quiet is a, quote, problem. That's how they perceive it. So the word problem comes out. Must be a problem in there. Why is it a problem? Why is that the word they pull out when someone is quiet? Why do people associate quiet with problem? Must be a problem. Because why? Because they're quiet. Quiet equals problem. Mm-hmm. Why? Why is that? Well, because they're not talking to me. If they're not talking to me, it must be a problem. See how that works? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a very good. Example. I don't get it. And 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 because I don't get why they're quiet. Quiet equals problem. It does. Says who? Where did that equation come from? Where did that equation come from? Well, then if you're quiet and you're not talking to me, it must be me. It must be all about me. 
Was it something I did? Is it me? Because you couldn't possibly be quiet on your own. It couldn't possibly because you've decided you're thinking about something and it has nothing to do with me. And you didn't first tell me you were going to be quiet for the day so that I could be comfortable with you being quiet. Mm-hmm. Get it? Mm-hmm. So the word we pull out is problem to examine why you're, pro- why you're quiet. So people pull out the word problem to figure out why I'm quiet. Where they could have pulled out something like none of my quote business or they could say that's just the way she gets that's her that's her quote here's the word nature that's her nature a neutral word a word that shows they understand you and has nothing to do with you nothing to do with you rather they understand me Mm -hmm. that's her nature but in fact they make it a self-serving word the problem see yes and one thing I know that you're very passionate about and that is also something very dear to my heart is the practice of prayer and the power of words like say the prayer of St. Francis I don't think people have a grasp necessarily of of many people have a grasp of what the power of prayer is or what prayer is or, or uh, my experience is that prayer is a mysterious dialogue with a very intimate mystical world. But one has to... Um, We have to get through the God we want to believe in and break through that barrier and understand the God as God exists. And that's the journey of the dark night of the soul. Because a a, a lot of people would like God to be an off-planet being that operates somewhat like a daddy that comes to the rescue when we need God and then it evaporates when we don't. That's not the nature. That's not the nature of God. That's not the nature of God. God is, is very intimate and yet very impersonal force. The divine is very intimate and very impersonal. And for me, God is law, and prayer prayer is this intimate discourse while understanding that the nature of God is law, and prayer does not compensate for one breaking the laws, so that if you, for example, have... Um, betrayed yourself and betrayed others and have done very foolish things. You can't pray, please, God, clean up my mess. Please um, make everything better because I've been living a life as a liar. I've betrayed others. I've given my word and I haven't kept it. So can you clean up my mess? That's not a prayer that's ever going to get answered. 
in the way you want it to be answered. No prayer, no God will clean up your mess, ever. And when that doesn't happen, and you turn around and you say, there's no such thing as God. I've said that prayer, please God, clean up my mess, and it never happened. You don't understand that this is a universe of accountability. Some call it karma. So the way which in which one prays is, I, uh, I'm going to be held accountable for this. So give me the courage not to do something so stupid again. And that is a prayer that gets answered. And when we, when we take responsibility for our choices and for the consequences of our choices, we can use the power of words in a positive way. No, you're connecting apples and pears. You're saying that this goes with that, when in fact it's all one big, huge, constant portrait. Taking responsibility, you can take responsibility and never even know anything about the power of your words. You can take, have, be fascinated with the power of your words and it doesn't change anything about responsibility. So, um, um. in taking responsibility... I've heard so many people say, I take responsibility for that choice, but it does, but they don't take the next step, which is accountability. Accountability means, and I will make the following changes. Many people stop at responsibility saying, I know I'm responsible for that, but they don't do the next step, which means, and therefore I will change this. And in terms of the power of the words, many people will decide I'll change my actions but changing vocabulary, getting down to that detail is the microchip of your changes. Deciding I need to examine exactly the, the actual words that I use. Those are micro details. Macro are changing actions. Micro is when you get down to exactly how do I construct my thoughts and the words that come out of my mouth and what I actually say to people and how I think, how I construct my thoughts when I deal with emotions, even to myself. How am I going to construct this thought? Why do I construct this emotion in this way? Why do I do that? Why do I think this way? Is there an option here? Option is a powerful word. So, yes, and what you're speaking about is such a deep level of deconstruction and reconstruction. Yeah, it is. That's why you need a workshop. Absolutely. I would definitely agree that it requires much more time than we have here to go into. It is so worth it. You'd be surprised how much you could learn about yourself in a workshop. And even if you get, even if you get 1% of what I teach, 1%. 1%. Even if you get, I can't use this one word again. This one word gets me in trouble. Even if you learn that, you've changed your life. You've changed your life. One word is enough to change the rest of your life. Well, I certainly feel that what you've said is, is so compelling. And I hope that people who listen to this will also be able to 
hear the power of what you said and be inspired to take the workshop. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate that very much. You've been listening to In Conversation, a podcast of Banyan Books and Sound, Canada's spiritual and healing resource since 1970.